Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me for this episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. This is Phil Haugen coming to you from our training facility in Weatherford, Oklahoma. Today, what I'm going to talk about is next year's goals. And, you know, I know it seems early. I mean, we're just barely into September. We just got through Labor Day weekend here just a week or so ago. And uh, the end of this month ends the season for the PRCA and you know it's a time when it's hard to think ahead to next year because right now there's a lot of people out there that are needing to get home recharge their batteries and 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 just like for us here training I tell you what it's been a and and I don't want to beat this to death but it's been kind of a an extended warm stretch the heat gets me wore down a little bit. I get I get a little tired of it. Today, when I got done, come in, took a shower, cleaned up. I'm going to spend the rest of the afternoon in the office. It's supposed to be 99 today. I'll really appreciate being in the office, and I will tell you, I do not like office work. I don't like cleaning my office. I don't like getting my office organized, but... Let me tell you, it needs done bad. So I'm going to take advantage of this nice climate-controlled environment today and and try to get my office in order. Anyway, I was thinking about, you know, I've got got a handful of of horses that I've got in training of ours. I've got got several customer horses in training. You know, and with each of those horses, there's got to be some kind of an end goal. And, And I've talked about this before. Goals are are important. You got to have an end goal, but the main thing you have to have is a system in place to help you reach that goal. And along with that, the wild card for me is always, can I make the commitment I need to make to implementing that system to reach my goal? And We've got a couple construction projects going on at, at our facility, and, and uh, you know, one of them we hope to have had done sometime in June. And to be real honest with you, I think we'll be lucky to have it done by Christmas. And contractors are busy. They can't get help. Just They're just like everybody else. Nobody... Um, you know, those guys have to do a lot of manual labor. It's kind of like training horses. It's manual. There's no way you can just think it done. And, you know, they're having trouble getting help. I mean, when you, you know, and I, I sympathize with that because when, you know, it's, it's tough to get help here. Um, nobody wants to work this hard and, and I get that. I get that, you know, and so, you know, I, I compare that a lot, though, to training a horse. You know, we we always have great intentions. I mean, we're good people. We're hardworking people. We're the eternal optimists. 
We're not afraid of a challenge. But realistically, most of the time when we look at having a goal for a horse and realistically we look at the amount of time that it is going to take to implement our system to reach that goal, we probably fall short by about half. Meaning, if I think I'm going to reach that goal by January 1 with that horse or in in six months, there's a real good chance it's going to be 12 months. It's going to be double. And I'm not saying that's always the case, but I'm going to say that's more often than not, that is the that is probably the more realistic timeline. And, you know, we've, uh, uh, you've heard me talk about Wit, this Dunn gelding that, that we really like. And he's, he's a little bit of a, he's a little bit of a challenge at times. He, some days he is really, really good. And sometimes he is really, really just kind of okay. And he lacks consistency whose fault is that mine i have not put in and committed the time on wit that i need to put into him to get him fundamentally sound as fundamentally sound as he needs to be to handle extreme speeds because that's that's what your foundation does is it gives your horse the foundation to handle extreme speeds and extreme situations. And, uh, you know, j- just like with him, every day I work him, of course, Bridget, she's she's chomping at the bit to get back on him. She's like, well, was was, was wet good today? And, and, you know, I know in her mind she's wanting, you know, a week or two and he's fixed. Well... That, that's not going to happen. I wish it could. And I wish I had that ability because I would be like super popular and probably super rich. And, you know, super rich, I'm sure not. And, you know, I'm, I'm not super popular either. So, you know, I'd be a very, 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 very sought after trainer if I could, if I could deliver that every time. Nobody can. And the, and the, the challenging part about that is every horse is different. And, you know, that the question I always get on those, on those deals is, well, when, when do I decide enough's enough? And nobody can tell you that. Nobody can tell you when it's time to, you know, cut your losses and go on. Normally, a high percentage of the time, if a horse hasn't reached that, that, state where they are so fundamentally sound that they can handle those extreme conditions like extreme speeds and extreme amount of pressure, you know, usually if they lack that, it falls back on us. Now, there are some horses, and I'm going to give you an example of this last weekend. I sent I sent a filly home that had been here just a month and was supposed to be here for for probably going to be here. I think the owners were planning on leaving her three months, maybe more. Um, that filly, had, and I've talked about her on another episode, I think. But, you know, she uh, 
she mentally wasn't much different after I had a month, over a month's worth of working her and riding her than when I started. And with that customer, I, I, I told him to come get that filly. I said, I think you're probably wasting my time and your money. And it's not that she won't make. It's not that she might be the best horse that ever lived. But it's not going to happen in three months. And I didn't want that this my customer to get more into the horse than they could get out of the horse. And now where, where this filly needs to go is to somebody that's not in a hurry, somebody that, that can, it's kind of like eating an elephant, somebody that can eat that elephant one small bite at a time and commits enough time to eating that whole elephant. Because this filly, she needs confidence. She needs to gain trust. And, and she did... She was slowly getting that with me, but that's a situation where figure out, like I talked about when, when I started this episode, talked about goals and putting your system in place to reach that goal and understanding what the realistic timeline is, like this with this particular filly. Figure out what your realistic timeline is and probably double it or triple it because I've seen it before and she just, she was going to have to mature mentally a whole bunch before you ever start putting any pressure or speed with her um, and, and didn't have a mean bone in her body. Did not had did not want to be mean. Did not want to be bronky, um, but mentally she was she was she was fried, and she come from you know. And I'm not I'm not dogging any other trainers because I I mean there's good days and bad days in this business. There's tough days, um, but she, I didn't get her first. I got her second. She'd been to another trainer. I have no idea. What, what went on, if anything went on. I'm sure she was exactly that way with that trainer, too. So as you go into the fall and you look at, you know, because now is the time to start getting ready for next year. Don't wait till next year to get ready for next year. Don't wait till next spring to get a horse ready for next summer. Um just like I was having a conversation with uh, Mabel, a girl who works for me, that she's in her last year of college rodeoing. And, and the other day I asked her, do you got, you got your horse in shape? Yeah, just about. Got him pretty, getting pretty close while they have a rodeo coming up in two weeks. And, you know, I told Mabel and I had this visit. I said, you know, the, that's, that's kind of the mistake I used to make, especially when I was that age. I, I say that. Really and truly back then, and, and this is probably the case with Mabel's horse too, back then when I was that age, I was either practicing or going somewhere constantly. I mean, my horses really didn't get a chance to get out of shape. I mean, we they got rode a lot. But 
going back to what I was talking about with Mabel, you know, really and truly at least a good month or two before your season starts back up, that horse should be in top physical condition because that way you get a practice with that horse when they're at their best and that helps you be at your best. And it all takes, it goes back to planning. It's just like now I'm looking at this set of horses of mine and the horse market is super good. I mean, I got a lot of dollars worth of horses out there. I have some development left to do. I've got some work to do on all of them. They can all be better. Even my best horse can be better. But I need to decide, okay, what my goal is. You know, am I going to? Am I going to sell those horses private treaty? Am I going to consign them to a sale? Um, There's so many good sales now. Gosh, there's some really, really good sales. And, And those sales have done such a good job of accelerating this market because of um, you know, now there's more of a screening process at the good sales. You have more buyer confidence. I think the buyer confidence at a at an auction now is probably as good as it's ever been. You know, there's so many things in place that that help gain that buyer's confidence. And so it, it makes it a great a great avenue to sell a horse. Um, <clears throat> number one, the best thing it does, it gives you a deadline. So you kind of get your butt in gear and get your horse ready, you know, physically, mentally. I mean, you know, that that's really like for me, when I have a deadline, I get a lot done. And I've always been that way. Well, that's one you know, that's one thing I'm looking at with like uh, probably two or three of these horses. You know, they got the potential to go to certain sales and be, be, if not the bell ringer, be one of the top sellers. You know, it, it's a choice you make. Do you do that or do you sell them private treaty? And, and that's the, the thing with private treaty for me to sell one private treaty, I still need to put a deadline. I need to say I'm going to advertise this horse for sale at such and such date. Well, that puts me in a situation, puts me in a position where I need to bear down, commit the time, put my time in, put my training in, put my preparation in, and have that horse ready to be shown to the public by a certain date, the marketing for me now with the people I have in place, like with Stacy, she might be as good at marketing as anybody out there. I mean, does a great job, does a great job. If I don't have access to Stacy, if something, if I didn't have Stacy, I could use uh, my daughter, Hannah is, is the same way. Great at marketing. I mean, absolutely. You know, they're just of that generation that they are so tech savvy and so creative and, you know, get it, getting the getting them marketed, that won't be a problem, you know, which 
whether you sell them private treaty or you sell them at a sale, you got to do it anyway. You got to market them either way. If you're going to a sale and you're not marketing your horse prior to the sale, you're missing the boat. You're missing the boat. So, you know, that's one of the things with goals that I look at with my horses. The other thing is I got to look at, okay, what are, what are my goals for, for myself, you know, with, with my, what I call my good horses or my horses that I could compete on, you know, when, when do I start getting them ready? When do I start getting myself ready? Well, for next year, one of, one of my goals for next year is to be in the best shape I've ever been in. Um, that will be, that will be a challenge. That will be a challenge. Um, I'd like to be, you know, physically and mentally in the best shape I've ever been in, in my life, you know, and I'll, I'm 57 years old. So that that's going to be a real challenge. You know, realistically, could I be, you know, I, I think it's pretty tough to be 57 and say, I want to be faster than I've ever been in my life. I mean, you know, come on, that probably ain't happening. I mean, you look back at yourself at 17, 18 years old and got about 3% body fat and you're just, <laughs> you know, you're just like the human rubber band. Yeah. I mean, probably not going to be faster. I could, could possibly be stronger than I've ever been, you know, if I worked at it hard enough, you know, that's, that's one of my goals for next year. Um, when, when do I start getting ready for that? Now, start getting ready right now. I remember one time a friend of mine, J.D. Krause, who ended up competing in the, he went to the NFR in the calf roping and team rope, not calf roping and bulldogging. And uh, he practiced, we practiced together a lot when J.D. went to school down here. And and uh, he competed at the time event championship two or three years. And anyway, I remember he told me one time he was talking to Jimmy Cooper. And Jim, Jimmy Cooper for years kind of, I mean, was dominant in that timed event championship. And, and, uh, he said, he asked Jimmy one time, he said, when do you start getting ready for the timed event? And Jimmy told him when it's over, meaning when it's over this year, he starts getting ready for next year. Well, that's realistic. That's realistic because realistically, you know, to get ready for something like that, which is five events. Realistically, yeah, you're you're not if you wait till a month before and you go get ready for it, that that's not realistic. I know as I'm looking ahead for next year and we've been working on our schedule and are you know really really super blessed. I mean, looks like our spring's going to be really busy and uh really thankful for that. But in there you know, I'm making some changes, making some changes with my training business, making some changes with with my personal horses. And, you know, when I look at make those changes, I got to look and I got to make sure that the changes I make are, you know, coincide with the amount the amount of time I have, you know, because looking ahead now, you can't. Well, it's just like overbooking. You can't book more clinics than you can, you know, if you've got 
you know, if we have 20 or 25 events, you, you can't book them on top of each other. You got to have 20 or 25, you know, two day weekend weekends or weekdays. And you got to have at least a travel day in front and a travel day in back of it. So, you know, for every clinic, you know, it's at least, it's at least four days out of the year. And really it's realistically, it's five days, every clinic's five days out of the year, because I always have a day of preparation, travel to and from, and then two days at the clinic. So, you know, you take 25 events and we'll, we'll end up having 25 pretty easy. You know, that's 125 days out of the year. That's over a third of the year just taken out of your year right off the bat. So when I look at, okay, what, what am I going to get, what am I going to do with my, my personal horses? How am I going to handle my customer horses to where I get, to where I get ample time on those horses? I mean, what kind of numbers are feasible while I'm gone in the spring, you know, because those horses are going to miss four days out of the week. Well, I think this spring, what, what I'm going to do is not, I'm only, the only customer horses I'm probably going to keep are the ones that I can take with me so I can continue to ride them. And also huge benefit, huge benefit of, of those horses being on the road. I mean, when you can take some of those Futurity horses, whether it's rope horse or barrel horse futurity horses, and have them with you on the road, and you're loading and unloading and hauling, and you know new facilities, and um, talk about a great way to progress a horse because they're not in a super, you know, being a clinic horse isn't a super stressful situation. It's actually a situation that really builds a lot of confidence with a horse. A lot of, you know, they get really, really gentle and quiet because a lot of the time they're just basically my equine chair while I'm talking or explaining. And, and you know, so like this spring, that's probably what I'm going to do with my customer horses because, you know, that's, that, that's so much more feasible as far as get, still being able to get the amount of time on them that I want, you know, and then you look at, okay, with my, with my personal horses, what's my goal with them, you know, and if it is to put one in a sale, how early do I do that? Or how late is it sales next fall, sales next spring, you know, or what's my deadline to have them ready to private treaty them, you know, and, and, and I think each of us, because everybody that's listening to this has horses for the most part, or, or you're in some facet of the horse industry or the Western industry. Well, those are things that this time of year, that it's a really good time to step back and look at what, what your goals are for next year and start that implementation of your system now, because what that does, it basically gives you 15 months to prepare for that next, for your next year. 
I mean, it gives you 15 months to reach those goals instead of 12. Because you think about it, really and truly, it is silly to wait till January 1 to write your goals down for next year. I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all because you're already in the year. You know, what if you had a goal, you know, right now, think about what, what's your goal for first week in January? You know, what, what, what's your goal with your horse the first week in January? You don't want to be making that goal the first week of January. You know, when you get done with New Year's Eve and you wake up on January 1st and you got a headache and you're dragging around the house, <laughs> that's a horrible time to be setting your goals for the year. <laughs> so, you know, that that's one of the things that, uh, that I've had on my mind a bunch this this last week. And, uh, and this last weekend I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, I need to, I need to figure out right now what I'm doing January through December of 2022. And I need to, because when 2022 gets here, my schedule's already going to be pretty much set for the year. And, you know, I need to figure out right now what be putting those parts and those pieces in place. And like for those of you who have horses who are at whatever stage in their training, you know, take a step back, look at that animal, make your plan for right now. Start thinking about it right now and make your plan for 2022 with that horse. You know, don't don't wait till it gets here. Don't wait till it gets here and then make a goal or don't wait till March and say, oh, I think I'm going to enter that barrel race then to April. So I'm going to start getting ready. Start getting ready right now. Start getting ready right now. Make Here's the thing. And this is something this is something I told Mabel the other day, because Mabel, you, you'll probably hear a lot about her. She's got a lot of talent, really hard Great work ethic. I mean, unbelievable work ethic. A lot of talent. Great attitude. I'm going to tell you, anybody out there working, if you can show up at this place, because I'm telling you what, it ain't easy, and smile the whole time you're here, you know, and it's dark when we start riding and really hot when we quit, and every day be smiling, you're going places. I mean, this, this girl's going places, but, you know, I told Mabel the other day, I said, you got to remember, you know, the saying for the day is if you want to go somewhere, you never been, you got to do some things you've never done. So for me, sometimes it's just looking ahead sooner than later. So that's just something that I want everybody to think about because here's the deal. I want you to do good. I want you to do good next year. I want next year to be great. Well, don't wait till next year to start thinking about it. Start right now. Start thinking about what you're going to do with your horses. Hey, have a great week of training. God bless each and every one of you today and every day. Always be your best. 
Hey everybody, today's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship is brought to you by our awesome sponsors, Classic Equine, Martin Saddlery, Cinch, Perina, Healthy Coat, Star Bar, Clarify, and Better Horses TV. These brands have been a part of our program for many years and their products continue to play a very important role in the success of our performance horse training program. To support these brands, please head over to philhaugenhorsemanship.com and click on our sponsors tab.